the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's with the help of folks like yourself that Derek Greer Ministries can bring God's life-changing and impactful gospel to over 100,000 people around the world each week. As we begin the new year, we have a fresh opportunity to join together and help the hurting. Please consider partnering with Derek Greer Ministries to help spread God's message even further via radio, television, and the internet. Getting started is easy. Go to DerekGreer.com. That's DerekGreer.com and select the green donate button at the top right of the screen. Thank you and God bless. Tomorrow can be bigger. Just grow, let the world overflow. Yeah. You're my life bigger than yourself. You're created for greatness. You're my life bigger than yourself. This is the Live Big Broadcast with Derek Greer. The Word of God is full of life-changing power. So our prayer is that this broadcast equips you to live a life so big that it impacts everyone and everything around you. Remember to hit the notification bell on YouTube to get this teaching and worship with us live each week. Let's join Bishop Greer. So we're going to be in John chapter 8 and verse 31. Then Jesus said to the Jews who believed him. When I asked my brother-in-law how he's doing, he usually puts a little smile on his face and he says, he's joking, but he he means it. Uh, I don't tell people my problems. Most people don't care and 80% uh, are glad I have them. So (laughs) that's uh, how he deals with that. And if you're wondering how outsiders know what's uh, going on in in your life, check your insiders because somebody's talking. Then Jesus said, to those who believed him. In the Gospels, Jesus did not speak to everybody the same way, and neither should we. He did not communicate to the Pharisees the way he communicated to the prostitutes and and the tax collectors, and he didn't talk to unbelievers always the way he spoke to believers. And there's something to be learned Uh, from that. Let's go to Proverbs chapter 2 and verse 11. It begins with a big word, a hundred dollar word, discretion. Google defines discretion as the quality of behaving in a or speaking in a way that is not offensive or revealing private information. Now the gospel is by nature offensive, but it's talking about that extra there. Uh, Pastor had to teach me a lot about discretion. I have watched her for, 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 for many years, and uh, I look at her, and she'd bite her tongue. I know what that meant. I should have shut up. I shouldn't have said uh, what, what, what I said. But 30 years ago, I had no filter. I had no filter, no filter. If I felt it, I said it. 
But life is hard, and if you're stupid, it's even harder. How many of y'all know? Yeah. It says, discretion will protect you even from yourself. How many of you have heard uh, one of your parents say, don't let your mouth write a check, your tail can't cash? Yeah. The last service was very intentional about reminding me that's not exactly the way my parents said it. <laughs> well, we're definitely from the same family. But think twice about who you're speaking to before you speak. A fish with its mouth closed never gets caught. Yeah, it's important to address issues, particularly in relationships and close relationships. But not every issue with every person. And then he continues, understanding will guard you. Today is going to be a little bit like Bible study, and, uh, uh, but we're going to learn some truths, but this is the way we, we kind of have to do it. Proverbs, the book of uh, Psalms, and you see some of this in the book of Job as well. All of these books, all three of those books are filled with uh, what are called poetic parallelisms. And there are three types of basic parallelisms. Antithetic, synonymous, and uh, synthetic. Now, an antithetic, think of anti, you know, against, contrary. An antithetic parallelism, parallelism is basically when one line or one clause is contrasted by the next. Let's take a look at Proverbs 10, and we're going to see an example of an antithetic parallelism. It says, a wise son makes a glad father. So what's the opposite of a wise son? But a foolish son is grieved to his what? Mother. Do you see the contrast? And the Bible takes this approach to kind of say, well, I'll I'll say it the way it is and the way it ain't. And if I say it both ways, you got to get at least one of the examples. So that was an antithetic parallelism, but the verse we're studying is a synonymous parallelism where it's saying the same thing in a different way. And we go on to synthetic, it says the same thing in a deeper way, but it takes you to a different level. But let's take a look at Proverbs 2 and 11. Let's, let's take a look at the synonymous parallelism. A here, discretion will protect you. So that's the, the first clause. B is going to say the same thing in different words. Understanding will guard you. So since this is a synonymous parallel here, discretion is equal to understanding. In other words, if you don't have understanding, you will not be discreet. In this verse, he's teaching a principle that understanding and discreet people are both protected and guarded. So don't tell everybody your business. There are two types of listeners, those who care and those who are just nosy. Share your problems, but share it with those who can help. Don't share your problems with someone in the same mess you're in. Share your problem with someone that got out so they can help you get out. So, yeah. Learn to use discretion. Now, that seemed to be a little bit of a side journey, but what I'm trying to lay a foundation for here is Jesus was using discretion. And 
Divine discretion, God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if he was like that back then, he's like that today. So there's some things that God will say to believers, but other things he will say to unbelievers. But in verse 8 and 31, it says, Then Jesus said to the Jews, and by the way, he would speak a little bit differently to the Jews than to the Syrophoenician woman. And, and you find different audiences, di- different address. I have two sons, same house, you know, for, for how many years? I don't know, a long time. But same house, you know, same parents. They went to the same schools. But I got to address them differently because they're different people. Jesus said to the Jews who believed, who is he talking to? Those who uh, believed. So he paid attention to who he said what to. Some truths only people with faith will understand. The world will never understand why we don't just sleep with everybody. The world will not understand why we think marriage is sacred and we try so hard to make our marriages work. It's like, you know, kick it to the curb and get another. But, but, but we have a conviction that marriage represents Christ in the church. We have a conviction that marriage was the first thing that occurred in the Bible between Adam and Eve. And it's the last thing that happens in the book of Revelation where the bride and the groom, the bride of Christ and Jesus uh, 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 come together. Make peace with the fact. Everyone's not always going to get you as much as you may want that. And also know your worth is not based on their opinion. I live for an audience of one. What God has to say about me is the most important thing that can be said. I love you, I care about you, and I hope we can see things the same way. But my worth is based on the cross, not on what you think about me. It's that a Savior came to earth and died for me while I was yet a sinner. He saw value in me. That he loved me when I was nothing and nobody going nowhere, pulled me out of a ditch. And that's where I get my sense of value and dignity. If God sees me as worthy, this son hanging on a cross, dear God, I must say the same thing. I must be worthy too. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed in him, and he starts a conditional statement, if conditional, you abide, meaning they were believers, but not yet abiders. But if they would fulfill the condition of abiding, there was going to be uh, something or a new level of life that they would step into. Now, this word abide is not a word we use. You don't say, come, abide, come, come visit my abode or, you know, I, I abide over there. We don't really speak that way. But the word abide here means live in, dwell in, or make your home in. I visit a lot of places throughout the years. I'm on a lot of airplanes, but there's only one place that always Uh, I come back to, and it's called home. You know, hands may build a building, but only a heart can make a home. And there's no place like home, no place like home, no place like home. He said, if you abide in my word, the King James Version says, continue in my word. The NIV says, hold on to my word. Then you are my what? Disciples. They believed. But to step into that next level of relationship with Jesus, they had to abide, continue, 
and hold on. I mentioned last week a statement that you were probably saying, well, I probably need to see that in Scripture. I think you just saw that. And what, what I said last week is disciples are not spontaneously or automatically made at conversion. Disciples are made over time through abiding, continuing, and holding on to God's word. So salvation happens when you come to the altar. But discipleship is a decision you make daily. I'm a little bit ahead of myself, but Judas was able to be called a disciple until he decided he no longer abide. Okay, let, let, me, let, me, let, me, see. let, me, let me see how I could break this down. Truth comes to us in degrees. Truth is progressive. Think of conversations you have with a four-year-old and the conversations you have with a 13-year-old. They're on a different level because they have different levels of understanding, different levels of experience. And a conversation with a 13-year-old is yet different than a conversation with a 24. But then a 54-year-old is different than what a 24-year-old. Edwards Lewis Cole made this famous statement. He said, we live life on levels and we arrive in stages, meaning growth is gradual. If God would have hit me with all truth, when I met him at the altar, my head would have blown up. I could not handle all that truth. There's no way. So God in his mercy gives it line upon line, precept upon precept, spoonful upon spoonful, meal after meal. I didn't get to my weight today because of the meal I ate yesterday. It took a lot of time to get to 220 pounds. You hear what I'm saying? It took a lot of meals. I had to continue and mash potatoes. You hear what I'm saying? Collard greens and steak. And if you want to grow, put on spiritual weight, you're going to have to continue in some pork chops, you hear what I'm saying? Potato salad and broccoli. You're going to have to eat it all and do it continually. If you abide, live in, dwell in, make it a habit of staying in my word, then you are my disciples. And then I'm sure his face lit up and he said, indeed, indeed, indeed. Like I said, Judas represented himself as a disciple, but after a while, his deeds showed him for who he really was. Jesus wants us to be a disciple in deed, not just in word, but in what? Deed. For real, for real disciple. Anyone can pretend to be a Christian for a couple hours on a Sunday. But the difference between mediocrity and excellence is that daily commitment, that daily grind, that daily staying where, Lord, I'm going to let your word regulate my speech, regulate my actions, regulate my mind. I'm going to stay in this thing on the regular. 32 
And you, who is you in this verse? The people who abide, the people who continue, the people who hold on. Even when the road gets bumpy, the road will get bumpy. You see, faith not only trusts God's promises, it trusts his process. You know, there was great promise when my wife and I got married at the altar. But a happy marriage was a process. And a lot of folks, you really got a promise from God, but you weren't willing to go through process. Meaning you weren't willing to continue. You weren't willing to hold on. You weren't willing to abide. And you quit. You walked away. You got out of the process, so you made void the promise. And you, the one who is not just a believer, but becomes a disciple. Thank God for believing. It's the first step, and you got to believe through your discipleship. It's the first, second, third, fourth, fifth step, but you got to take the first one. And you, the continuing one, the hanging on one, the abiding one, shall know the truth. He's promising that you will know truths that other people don't know. You see, when I first came to Jesus, I had a high hope. But some years have passed, and some things I don't just hope for anymore. I have experienced him as a healer. I have been through situations the doctor said could not be fixed that are fixed. I know something that I only hoped for a couple years ago. I know him as a deliverer. I know him as a promise keeper. I've experienced him as a miracle worker. I've experienced him as a, a help in, in trouble. I've tried him and I've found him to be a way maker, a comforter, a father, a brother that sticks closer than a friend. He disciplines me when I'm bad. He comforts me when I'm sad. He, he gives me wisdom when I want to act stupid. When I'm weak, he makes me strong. I'm talking about a God I know, I know. I know because I continued, I held on, even when it didn't make sense, even when it looked like, you know what, what I'm believing is crazy and wrong, I held on. Judas's problem was he quit. He didn't hang on. He started with the rest, but he let go. And you, disciple, shall know the truth. And the truth shall make you free. Here's the problem with truth, though. The truth will set you free. But first, it will make you mad. And you will have some Sundays you will get mad at me. That's part of the process. That's supposed to happen. So I want you now to watch their response to the truth Jesus just laid out. They answered him. How many of y'all ever spoke back to God? Yeah. They said, we are Abraham's descendants and have never been in bondage to anyone. If you know your Bible, they're almost delusional right here. Because in my Bible, it took 10 plagues, Moses coming down from a mountain with the rod of God in his hand, in order for them to be delivered from Egyptian bondage. And then we have all these prophetic scriptures that speak of the Babylonian and 
and Persian captivity. And then at the present time, not just in the past, at the present time, they were captives to Rome. And when Rome conquered uh, 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 the, 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 the people of God, by the thousands they were sent into slavery. It's amazing how soon we forget. And they're still talking back to Jesus. How can you say you will be made free? And I, I don't believe you won't see this in the Bible, but I think his eyes are blinking real fast. Right? What, what, what are you? You can't be serious. This was like Kunta Kinte forgetting that his foot had been chopped off. It was like that in the first service because most folks don't recognize that reference, you know. Y'all remember Roots, Kunta, foot, okay. Denying the facts will never change the truth. So Jesus, you know, lightning didn't flash and he didn't kick anybody, hit anybody. But he showed unbelievable patience because he answers him back. He said, Jesus answered them. Listen, kid everybody else, but don't lie to yourself. Oh, God. He said, most assuredly, I say to you, and he dug in. Jesus was not intimidated by anyone. Whoever commits sin, the Greek tense here is present tense. And it means he's talking about continual sin. This is important and it's easy to miss what I'm about to say. But listen, it's more common for a person to never have committed a particular sin than to only have committed it once. Whoever commits sin is a slave. Because once we step into certain things, it takes a miracle of God to step back out. That's why sometimes it's better not even to mess with that so you don't even have to forget it. The second greatest trick the devil ever pulled off was convincing the world that he does not exist. But the first was convincing the world that there's no such thing as sin. He said, most assuredly, guys, did I stutter? I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. I know I have been a slave to worry, enslaved at times by, by fear, self-doubt, sometimes even self-loathing, and other areas of slavery that I don't want to mention in polite conversation. But admitting you have a problem is three-quarters of your way toward the solution. And the problem was these believers weren't admitting they had a problem. So Jesus had to, in prophetic mode, say, yeah, you got a problem. Because you won't ask for help if you don't admit you got a problem. And if you're so busy defending, deflecting, and all the rest, you're never going to get the help you need. So Jesus is not being a bully. He's not trying to just push people around. He's trying to help them. And he had to show them, okay, now, now, now you, 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 you don't think you're a slave, but I know too much about your life. I know too much about where your mind goes, where your mouth goes, and, and the things you do for me to believe that statement. And then in verse 35, he says, and a slave does not abide in the house forever. What he's saying is a slave can be bought by a new master at any time. How many of you have ever been passed around by the devil? Don't lift your hand. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. We all have. Unforgiveness sold you to loneliness because you, you can't have a new relationship because you keep living in the past one. Anger sold you to a regrettable action, a regrettable deed that now you can't take back. Your low self-worth sold you to something incurable or, 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 or something that you can't reverse at two o'clock in the morning. It's amazing how sin masquerades as freedom until it gets you like a spider in its web. And the more you twist, the more entangled you become. According to Jesus, sin is always the worst slavery because there's no escape from yourself. Paul was in prison. Silas and he had been beaten with rods and then put in the, the, the center prison, the deepest, darkest prison. I don't want to talk about the hygiene and, and all the filth in that place. But at midnight, they were praising and worshiping God. Why? Because they might have been bound on the outside, but they were free on the inside. This has been Live Big with Derek Greer, the radio broadcast ministry of Grace Church in Dumfries, Virginia. Join us next time as we continue this teaching. It is our sincere prayer that you are blessed and empowered to live a life bigger than yourself today. If you want to know more about becoming a Christian or want to rededicate your life to Christ, Bishop Greer wants to walk you through a step-by-step guide. It's the most important decision you'll ever make. Visit gracechurchva.org salvation to find out more. We invite you to worship with us online each Sunday on our YouTube channel at Grace Church VA TV. And while you're there, remember to subscribe and hit the notification bell to get all of our latest content. That's all for today. Until next time, live big. Are you a Christian leader, entrepreneur, or lifelong learner seeking to unlock your leadership potential? Dr. Derek Greer's Renaissance Leadership Network provides you with biblical principles and practical life lessons from top leaders, influencers, and experts across the world. It's time to remove limitations and start seeing world-class, measurable results in your ministry, business, or otherwise. Go to rlnleadership.com and register for our next free monthly leadership session. That's rlnleadership.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.